And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. First and goal for Philadelphia. Eagles go quick. Hurts reads it, throws it, touchdown, Devontae Smith. Second and eight, rush, downfield, CeeDee Lamb open, it's underthrown, and it's scooped and intercepted. C.J. Gardner-Johnson hurt his hand earlier in this half. He's okay. You think football is still fun? No. No? Certain, uh... But it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not right No, now. it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! How about them Cowboys, indeed. All right, these Cowboys, they're human too, I guess. This defense, you know, they're not invincible. 26-17 is the score as they fall to the Eagles. We are live here on YouTube, breaking it all down on the About Them Cowboys podcast, the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kent, pushing all the buttons, and welcomed by three, the best of the best, when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys from The Athletic. He's your stars and Cowboys beat writer, Saad Youssef. From uh, The Athletic, he's at the link in a parking lot because they're partying so hard inside that he had to go outside. <laughs> True story. Is uh, Father John Mishota, and from the morning show on 97.1 FM, on your radio dial in Dallas, it's Kevin KD Turner. Hey, KT, welcome back. Hello, Kent, and uh, man, there's a million things we could get to. Uh, I don't want to worry about chronology, uh, chronologically, chronology, chronology. God, I'm a terrible podcast. Really off to a good it. damn start tonight. John is uh, somewhere in an alley in Philadelphia outside <laughs> the stadium. John, uh, quick thoughts. How do you want to get the ball rolling, buddy? Yeah, man, I think it just comes down to Maher if he makes that field goal, different game. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I hate to sit here and watch an entire football game and just break it down to just one thing, but if Cooper Rush doesn't throw three interceptions and he just plays like he has played those other games, the Cowboys win this game, much less without yeah. Dak Prescott. They win this game in Philadelphia, uh, a place where I'm trying to think now. I, I should have thought of this before we started the show, but I was trying to think of a pl- the last time I was in a place that I really felt like the Cowboys were in just absolutely just a crazy hostile environment that the crowd was just such a factor. Certainly 2014 in Seattle was like that. 2016 in Green Bay, 2016 in Pittsburgh probably, but even then, those fans don't hate the Cowboys the way the Eagles fans hate the Cowboys, and they were rocking early on. And the fact that like if Cooper Rush just has a solid game, the Cowboys probably win this one. And I, f- I just feel differently about this game after watching their second half comeback than I did if we were doing this podcast at halftime. If we were doing it at halftime, I'd be like, yeah, Dak will certainly help, but I think there's a, a decent gap between these two teams. But the way they fought back, the way they played defense, um, I know they could have gotten a couple more stops, but I mean, I think you can give the Eagles the credit. Hey, they're the best team in the NFC right now, but... I wouldn't be surprised if when they play again in Dallas, if the score is pretty similar, except it's the opposite, you know, teams coming out on top. So 
Uh, yeah, it hurts your chances of winning the NFC East, but I don't think there's any question the Cowboys are a playoff team. And if right now the Eagles are the best team in the NFC, the Cowboys aren't far away. Yeah, and I think I, I think you know along with Cooper Rush, I think another thing that you saw was just that you know the defense defense held up pretty well, honestly. Like I I know they gave up 26 points first time they go over 20. I didn't think the defense was was really was really the problem was really that bad, and they, that team has. Uh, a couple of really good uh, weapons in Smith and Brown and Jalen Hurts um, and and the running game and all that stuff. And uh, to be honest, I thought they held up well for for the field position stuff that they were put in. Like you go for it deep in your own territory, and and you're able to you know uh, keep them from getting in the end zone as much as you did. I thought I thought for me, you know, I, I like I'm not I'm not being just a half cup full guy. I think just realistically speaking, like the defense defense was just as good I I th- this was probably more of an impressive effort defensively than like the had against Washington to be honest yeah it was the first time we saw you know Micah be you know confused a little bit maybe not playing full speed but that seemed to get ironed out as the game went on the thing that just jumped out to me and my first overarching thought of this game was this is the Eagles formula this is what they are and we all know it right now and this is how they're six and0 in every single game, they found a way to have a lead at halftime. And then what the Cowboys are having success doing in the second half was running the ball. When, you, when the game's over, you're like, oh, the Cowboys averaged more yards uh, on per carry than the Eagles did as, as the night was over. But by that point, you know, the Eagles had gotten ahead by so much that you'd kind of shorten the game on all the long drives you had to put together because the Eagles were able to go play defense in a different way, in a way that kind of allowed you to run the ball a little bit. Because they don't mind the clock ticking, I think it, I think it was thirty five twenty five on time of possession, and um, you know things like that. Or that's kind of what the Eagles want to do, I believe. Now, it, there's a element of, of it looks like they're taking the foot off the gas, but I think they're just getting ahead and trying to shrink the game and end up winning that way. And that's that's their style of ball, and we knew that going in, and that's exactly what happened. The mistakes are gonna are gonna jump out. The five yard penalty on Dante Fowler is a four-point penalty. It's not a five-yard penalty. It's a four-point penalty. And the C.D. Lamb thing uh, on the spot, why they rushed to the line of scrimmage, I I don't know what the hurry was. Um, But you look at a few of those things, and then there were a lot of penalties and things like that. That's the big difference in this game. Um, It's not so much falling behind the way you fell behind. It's all of those things and the turnovers that really kind of – to me, that's the difference, the nine points of this game. Yeah, real, yeah. real quick on that, um, just to KT's point, like I saw this quote from Darius Slay um, after the game that he said, quote, they were a team that never played from behind. We knew we had to get up and force them to play from behind. Um, you know, that kind of drives home the point of why you need Dak Prescott as your quarterback because 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 Slay is right. Like, you know, when Cooper Rush is your guy, um, it, it's a little harder because, look, we can we can get to this a little later. I, I know John wants to say something right now, but like, uh, but I thought Zeke looked really good. But you can't ride that as long when you're down twenty nothing. You know what I mean? So I think mm-hmm. that makes a big difference. Yeah, not having uh, you know Dalton Schultz and not having Dak Prescott, those are two pieces of your offense. That if you add that in with the way Pollard was running the ball and Zeke was running the ball, um, I still don't got a little bit of that. A little bit of that Clay Thompson with with Michael Gallup. I mean, I think he's he's getting close, but I don't know that he's 100% all the way back. Um, and then, you know, CeeDee Lamb 
came into this game with the hip issue. He even admitted uh, after the game that there was part of him in the back of his mind that was wondering if he'd be able to go. And it, it was bothering him a little bit, he said, earlier in the game, but then your adrenaline gets going and things like that. And so he was able to ease back in. But by no means are the Cowboys 100%. By no means did they play anything close to a perfect game. Um, and Mike McCarthy always points it out that, they, you know, he keeps saying we, don't, we haven't played our best ball. And certainly nothing about today was close to being your best ball, and you still were able to almost come back and pull this one off. I don't know. You know, like I said on our previous podcast, if you if your goal was to win the NFC East and this obviously, you know, this hurts. This this is this is gonna be uh this is gonna be one that you're gonna wish you had back. But I just think that the Cowboys are still clearly a playoff team. I think they beat the Eagles when they play them in Dallas. I thought that before this game. I and, and there's nothing that I saw out there that makes me think differently when they play later on in the season. Um they just, you know, you mentioned the CD lamb when he got the first down, I, I felt like you should have probably challenged it just because it looked pretty clean. Uh, and then to rush up there and, and run a play quickly, that doesn't help you. And then on top of it, and probably the icing on the cake of the whole thing is, and then that's the play you run, you know, <laughs> I mean, so that, that whole sequence right there, again, that's going to add points where in, in the moment you're probably like, well, it's early in the game. There's time to make it up, but you look at it in the end and you're like, man, that's the difference between winning and losing when, you go on the road, you're in a hostile environment. Uh, you just can't make those mistakes. And, and frankly, uh, for them to win in this type of environment against a good team, you need Micah Parson at his best. You need Demarcus Lawrence at his best. You need Trayvon Diggs at his best. And I don't think any of those guys felt like they played their best. A J Ron curse, you know, a lot of these guys that were key pieces of this defense. Uh, I think some of them played fine, but I don't think any one of those guys would tell you that. Yeah, I played my best game and it just wasn't enough. I mean, I certainly didn't get that feeling just now in the locker room. That's for sure. Uh, you know, there was a lot of the, you know, we beat ourselves stuff and, and you can roll your eyes at that if you want, but this isn't a team that feels like, oh, you know, the Eagles are just better than us. We're just going to try and hang in there and see what happens at the end of the year. You know, no, this, this is a team that uh, I don't see this game hurting them very much, to be honest with you. I see them playing a bad Lions team, a bad Bears team, and then having a bye and then going back and playing a, a Packers team that is certainly nowhere near as good as we thought it was to start the season. Uh, you just look at the rest of the schedule it's, 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 it's difficult for you to, I feel like to get really down on this team right now. I understand you lost the Eagles. And if you're a Cowboys fan, you hate the Eagles, but I don't know. There's, there's some things in this game that I thought were pretty positive that you can hang your hat on and Zeke running the ball was certainly one of them. Yeah. I, I thought in a lot of ways, uh, obviously Dak's injury, Dak's not being there cha- is different in this, but I thought this mirrored somewhat what Tampa, what, what the Tampa game was like last year in the season opener where, you know, like Zeke looked good and you felt like, okay, th- there was just a play here or there, but th- these were the defending Super Bowl champs and, and you were right there. And then I think that's, so, you know, I remember us talking right after that game and being like, you know, there, if that's the class of the NFC, then the Cowboys are right there as well. And I feel like that's kind of how you feel about this game where it's like, um, you know, if that's the class um, uh, of the NFC, then you feel like you have a pretty good shot against them. No, absolutely. And, and look, Jalen Hurts has definitely improved and, and we know like that's, we kind of knew that was going to happen anyways, but I, I really liked the way that the Cowboys defense like adjusted to everything. And, and maybe part of that is Jalen turning around the, you know, the difference in this game is the Eagles secondary played really well. And then they might have a better secondary than the Cowboys do. I mean, it's, it's arguable that you hit three interceptions. Jalen Hurts was not taking a ton of chances the Cooper Rush was. Cooper Rush was put in a situation where he had to throw the ball about 13 times more than Jalen Hurts did. 
Um, but it is the little uh, detail-oriented things that does bother me and will continue to bother me because those things are going to get you beat in January, um, and that's still happening. So we can't have a Dante Fowler doing that. And and some of the the, the micro uh, – it's easy to micromanage games, you know, afterwards. Um, but, you know, when I look at the, the whole – the grand scheme of things, they came into this game in house money. Um, so four and two is where you're at. Obviously we're surprised that the giants won over the Ravens today to go to five and one and the Eagles are at six and oh, but man, the Packers are a mess. The Bucks are a mess. The 49ers lose to the Falcons today. They're a mess. Like in the grand scheme of the NFC, you're still right there. And John, um, you talked to Dak, uh, along with the rest of the media, uh, right after the game, looks like we're probably going to be in number four mode next week. You think? <laughs> He certainly wants it to be that way. I watched him. Uh, I got here early uh, to watch him do his uh, throwing session. And it was funny because when you get in here four hours, three and a half hours before the game, the only people that are really in there in the stands are, you know, people that are working security or ushers and stuff. And they're kind of looking at you like, why are you videotaping this? Like kind of feel like it's like secretive stuff. And I am explaining to these ladies sitting by me and I'm just like, yeah, so we don't get to watch practice, and that guy that's on like the thirty, he does he he hasn't really thrown that much, and so he's going to throw right now. And they're like, "Oh, so is he playing today?" I'm like, "No, he wouldn't. If he if he's throwing right now, then he wouldn't play." And you're just sitting there, just like, "This is my life." So anyway, he threw about 40, 45 uh, passes, maybe fifty somewhere in there. I didn't count every single one, but uh, I thought he looked pretty good. He said after um, the game today that uh, you know he felt great. And uh, it was pretty similar to some workouts he's done up at the star recently. And so he's certainly on track to, you know, making uh, all the throws. It's just about, you know, him being able to go through a full week of practice. And that's where it's going to start. The key day this week is clearly Wednesday. Wednesday and Thursday are going to be huge. Mike McCarthy wants to see Dak Prescott be able to do everything on those two days. So he feels comfortable in putting him against the Lions. I'd be like, Mike. Watch that Lions defense. You should be comfortable just putting Dak out there and just having to throw maybe five, 10 yards, and you'll probably be fine. Just get him back out there, get everything rolling again. Um, that's certainly what Dak wants, but there will be another doctor visit. They're, you know, they're going to they're gonna err on the side of caution medically. And so if all of that checks out, certainly he's as close as he's ever been. I, I don't think he was close to playing today, but this Lions game uh, is going to be one that, you know, I don't know. As I sit here today, I, I I believe it's probably about a 75% chance that he plays in that one. Uh, Stephen Jones said on Friday on 105.3 The Fan that, you know, he definitely thinks he'll play the Bears game the following week. So when he said that, and he was asked to follow up by those guys on about the Lions game, and Stephen didn't want to talk anymore. He's like, we're done. I'm done ask, answer, answering questions about Dak. Let's not talk about it anymore. Because I think at the time, Stephen probably looked at it as more of a 50-50, didn't know for sure. But I think because the throwing sessions have gone well, I'm, I'm going to bump it to 75. Um, but yeah, no, clearly Dak wants to go. Uh, and I think I think he's very close. One other thing I wanted to add real quick when we're talking about these two teams is something else that stood out to me when I was watching is just, you know, it's kind of obvious to say this, but just how different these two teams are built. You know, you look at the big plays by Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Darius Slay, A.J. Brown, Hassan Reddick. These are all guys that they added that these aren't guys that were drafted by them. They went out and aggressively added these players. And I mean, where is this, where is this Eagles team without that? If they were just drafted and developed, this is one of the worst teams in the league, but because they were, they've, they've been outstanding. I feel like, and going out and trading, being aggressive, signing guys in free agency. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody too, but 
I just look at their roster. I'm like, man, they, they just got, they get huge contributions from a lot of guys that they did not draft. So, uh, I just, I think of that when I'm watching the game, cause that's so opposite of obviously the way this Cowboys team is built. That's how I felt when I watched the last interception by, uh, by CJ Gardner Johnson. Like I was like that, that like, it's funny that this is what feels, especially because earlier in the day, it was kind of already on my mind because Amari Cooper had that really nice touchdown. And I was like, you know, like, okay, good thing you had the cap space, but, um, but you know, at, at the same time, so like, you're right. Like the off season definitely did because when the Eagles were making all these moves, everybody in Dallas was basically saying, oh, well, you don't win the Super Bowl in the off season and things like that. Well, now they look pretty good. Um, and all those things are paying off. And I mean, what this the the price that they got him for was ridiculous i mean that that was absurd and if if you would you could have up that to a third or four i think they got a couple of late round mid late round picks for him like like you if you're the cowboys you gotta you gotta do better than that james bradbury that was the other person i left out yeah, yeah. that was another one there looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and I agree with what you said too a little earlier, John, about Michael Gallup does not look 
100% back yet. And you can see it. I mean, you can, it, it's pretty evident. Uh, outside of, uh, you know, I mean, like CeeDee Lamb is your really explosive player. Jake Ferguson looked really good tonight. Um, Zeke had a better day on the ground than than Tony Pollard. But one thing I would say is the the 5.2 yards per carry that you see the Cowboys have is a little misleading because the Eagles were almost wanting you to run the ball in the second half. I thought up front, so there's another thing the Eagles did is they've added guys in the defensive line. We know Fletcher Cox. They drafted Jordan Davis with pick 13 in the draft and Hargrave. And you look at all the, the guys in the defensive line they've added over the last couple of years. And I thought up front they were really good, especially in the first half. I think Cooper Rush was under pressure quite a bit. It wasn't very often clean very early. And then if you look at it, four tackles for a loss on the run as well. So they gave up five-plus yards of carry, almost inviting that a little bit in the second half. But they did put the Cowboys behind the chains a couple times with some plays. Like that That's what I thought was a pretty big difference – I thought the Cowboys' offensive line was a little rough tonight, um, comparatively. Uh, and maybe that's just because the offense didn't look great through the air, but I thought Cooper Rush was uh, – this was not near as clean as it has been for him tonight. Yeah, and, and Jason Peters, they brought him in. I believe one series for sure didn't really go well, and they went back to McGovern. Um, and so that's one of those things where, you know, kind of going into the game, I wasn't even sure that Jason Peters was going to play, especially earlier in the week. And so I don't think he's hundred percent back. You know, he had the chest injury. And so, um, that probably factors in there, but yeah, no, the, uh, I agree with you on the offensive line, but I feel like in the previous games, they've had a little bit of a lead. And I think that makes it a little bit easier to do some of the stuff on the offensive line that you want to do. And so that, you know, they had some adversity today. I don't know. I, I just, my big takeaway was, I, I just don't think it's this, that big of a loss just because I don't think it changes. I know it doesn't change anything for me the way I think about this, this Cowboys team. I think it's still a, a, a really good team. Um, I, I felt all along that they would split with the Eagles, right? When, when the schedules came out, yeah. I felt like they would split with the Eagles and, and I still feel that way. Um, and if anything, I, I feel like my thoughts on this game, it's hard to just think of it by itself because it, you know, you spend all day watching the rest of the NFL and you're just, man, this NFC is not what I thought it was going to be, you know? And that can change. But the way I look at it right now, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I understand the Cowboys lost, but you almost sit there and you're like, well, so the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I mean, they just don't seem like they're that much better than the Cowboys. And, and, and I don't think they're better than the Cowboys. I think they're pretty even when Dak's back. It's really weird because you look at the NFC and that's how you feel. And then, but then, like, normally you go from macro to micro and you feel worse they're like all right we're not as good as everybody in the nfc but we can at least win the nfc east and now you go like the nfc sucks but the nfc east like the the smaller picture is a little more daunting in turn but this goes back to and we can't really talk uh, hammer this down for 20 minutes every single podcast but like you know we talked about this either on our last podcast or the podcast before where john you said it just doesn't matter whether you win the NFC East or not. All that all that does is give you one home playoff game, and that just is not relevant at this point um, for this franchise. So it really doesn't matter where you stand in the NFC East. It's more about where you stand in the NFC, and you're in pretty solid shape in the NFC. What are you talking about, Sad? Look at that home field advantage they had in all those playoff games. Look how big of a deal that was. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's hard, it's, it's hard to, to, to be at a game like this tonight. And think that this is even anywhere on the same 
category as Cowboys home games. This is just a, a decided home field advantage. There's just no question about it. This place was rocking from the very beginning. Uh, they're just, I don't know. It, I never got to cover any games at Texas Stadium. I know it wasn't a great home field advantage there. Maybe if the Cowboys played a different team other than the 49ers, maybe those fans wouldn't have traveled as well. But when you're in an environment like this, you really feel like, man, this this crowd is worth a few points, you know? And, uh, <laughs> you know, because the Cowboys really just don't have that at home games, particularly in the playoff games that they've had, uh, things like this stand out because I just don't see that many 49ers games. 49ers fans being at this game. Are uh, they burning down the fans. city behind you or something? What the hell is yeah, going here. on with all these sirens? Oh, <laughs> oh, I'll show you. Acting like they won the Super Bowl and rioting out there. Phil's listening. John is showing us. Oh, it's the the motorcade. Okay. All right. We got a live view of the motorcade. Uh, Cowboys leaving. By the way, I forgot to mention this. No Jerry after the game. I mean, what are we doing? Oh, yeah. He'll he'll duck and dodge and dive on you. I couldn't believe it. After a loss. You know, I, I specifically stood in an area where I could see both doors exiting the locker room, and I never even saw them. That was yeah, that was pretty disappointing. Yeah, yeah that very, doesn't happen very often. He'll use the uh, oh, gotta get to the gotta get my got my plane, gotta get out there, and it's about to take. Yeah, no, he just sometimes he I just don't want to face I don't the think, music. I mean, the only I'm trying to think, what would he really say that would have been? He didn't want to talk about Dak and Cooper. Right? Okay, but he hasn't yeah, talked yeah. about Dak for the last five weeks, right? Which honestly, if he dodges you guys, asked, it's for a reason. I don't know right why he would have dodged you other than that, right? When he's been asked about no. Dak these last couple of weeks, it's been so unJerry like the way he's talked about it. He's been super cautious and not giving anything away. I'm just like, I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. might be like, hey, we're getting a little closer here. Let's not let's not blow it. Um, uh, you know, I, I've also going back to the polls and the home field advantage. I've always said, John, that the baseball team's success in the city really sets the tone for how the other sports. Um, Combined. So the fact that the Phillies are still alive, I think that was a big factor tonight. So I'm blaming this loss on the Rangers. Um, <laughs> well, and I, seems like an easy thing to do. I like where your head's at, but I'm just saying. And by default, feel, Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson yeah. gets the. You can you the can point. feel the hate when you're just walking around the city for the Cowboys. It's very it's very very evident that oh, yeah. uh, they are very very disliked uh, in the city of brotherly love, which is fun. They, they, I, they got a really good thing going, and that's uh, that's great. But there's nothing about the way this game went. The I mean, outside of the start, but there's nothing about the way this game went that made me go, man. They are decidedly a better team than the Cowboys when the Cowboys have their quarterback. I'm just yeah, yeah. yeah I agree, a hundred percent. I agree. And and, and look, the, like KT, you even brought up the offensive line, and I think you look when you're down. Four minutes into the game, you're down four, 14 nothing with Cooper Rush. You're just going to have a – your offensive line's not going to look good. Your running game's going to look a little bit better because they want you to run. Like, it changes the entire dynamic of what you could expect because, like you said, at that point, they're fine with you running with Zeke. Um, you, you know, all these different things. I thought, you know, if you're talking about a couple of plays that really stood out to me that were legit one way or the other, I thought Jake Ferguson looked, looked decent. You know, that touchdown – was was fine but i think he generally looked pretty good um and then you know i thought the wide receivers in general were fine like man if noah brown if if that touchdown stood but like you know obviously it was not a catch but but noah brown continues to be at least a decent number three option so i i think he's he was fine as well i mean how much cooper rush will literally throw to whoever is the got the best 
uh, coverage or is the most open because how many times he went to Peyton Hendershot? I mean, and, and we saw right when he took over as a starter, how many times he'd go to Noah Brown, you'd be like, you know, CeeDee Lamb's out here too. He doesn't really f- force balls to CeeDee Lamb or Michael Gallup. Like, I guess, you know, I take that back. There were a couple of balls. Oh, no, he on. forced yeah. one in when Gallup was he, uh, he did, wide he did open Gallup earlier. Yeah. But, but to my, I, <laughs> what I was going to say is before this game, I really didn't feel like yeah. he was forcing anything to any receiver. Uh, but there were just plays that where he would just go to Hendershot. I'm just like, okay, well, here you go. Uh, th- th- part of that is because just things I've heard from parts of practice that we can't be at. I mean, these tight ends have been pretty impressive as pass catchers, you know, and, and I'm glad that you brought that up, Saad, because, yeah, that Ferguson move, I mean, it made you kind of like, whoa, okay. Didn't know he had that little half Euro step in you like that. I wasn't expecting that at all. Uh, I thought he would just catch it and, and, and go down, whatever, inside the five-yard line, and he pulled that out. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, no, I don't know. I just feel like as long as that they can avoid losing any, you know, significant, they can get Dak back as long as they can avoid any major injuries to Micah or to Marcus Lawrence, you know, there's a few guys, obviously CD and that, as long as they can stay relatively healthy, this team's fine. I thought the vision on Zeke tonight, I know you guys have been talking Zeke, but I thought the vision on Zeke tonight was vintage Zeke, uh, you know, especially on the touchdown, outside. especially on the touchdown run. I mean, embarrassed some of those Philly defenders on the touchdown run, and then that spin move uh, later in the game uh, was nice. It, it was awesome to see that. Yeah, they, I think Ze- they get blown out without without Zeke running the way that he did. I yeah. really do. Like, I think yeah. that, that was a big that was big for them. I mean, to KT's point, though, obviously, we're, with the score being what it was at that time, Philly probably wanted them to run the ball, but. You just saw a really physical Zeke that, uh, you know, the spin move was working. Uh, you know, he was, you know, lowering his shoulder. And, and I agree, there were there were definitely parts of this game where he looked like vintage Zeke. And, and I don't know that I was necessarily expecting that. Yeah, the Cowboys only got the ball four times in the second half. So they were, you know, it's 20 to three at halftime. <laughs> so, you I mean, there's really no room for error. And uh, they almost pulled it off. <laughs> um, but and so, like when I said that, I'm not trying to take any credit away from Zeke. I thought Zeke was fine. And, and uh, but they really were backing off and they were playing five and six defensive backs a lot of the time there and saying, uh, OK, guys, if you want to throw it, go ahead, throw it to us. And you know what? When they did, they did throw it to him three times. Um, but but uh, um, another thing I was to say that Kip brought something up and it's the first time I had seen it. And it's probably nothing. But it was there. It was the play where uh, it was a, a rollout, and Michael Gallup on the second level was wide open. Wide open, and they they, they and Michael Gallup just kind of made the face. Of, he walked okay, to the sideline and just gave the little Jordan shrug, he, like, "Well, what, what more am I supposed to do?" You it was, know, it was I mean, backup. Like, yeah. he's like, it was the whole point of like, okay, the experiment's over. Dak's back next week. What do you want from me? And so it was the look. Yeah. It's the first time you'd kind of seen it from anyone. <laughs> but it was like almost this knowing nod, like thank God this is over. Let's uh, let's get some real quarterbacking going on now. No offense, Hy- Cooper. Hypothetical here: if the Cowboys would have come back and win this game, <laughs> what oh, would God. what would have been, what would your final win win total be for the regular season this season? What would you be projecting? So if they won today, they would have been five and one. I pull up. But, uh, Fourteen. I mean, one more, one more win. I think they, I think they win like fourteen games. Fourteen and three. I think that's what. Yeah, yeah. I think that's aggressive. I think it would be. I think it would be still be twelve and five or thirteen and four. Okay. That Minnesota game's looking tough. 
Yeah, there's just something about, and I understand that, but I'm just saying, they come back and win that game. You get Dak back next week. There is a little bit of that, and you got plenty of time to get Dak where he needs to be. There is a little bit of that 2016 where they roll off 11 in a row, where you're just like, hey, they just they feel like they can win just about every game just because of like whatever you want to use the Jerry saying Mojo's going or whatever. Uh, I still think you know I I firmly believe they're going to win double digits. I I still think they're going to be in the playoffs. If it's not to win the division, it'll be as a wild card. Nothing, nothing changed for me today. I just hope that on Wednesday, Cooper Rush holds a press conference saying that it's a meritocracy and that it's Dak's team. <laughs> that would be yeah. awesome. I don't get no, the sense I, I, that's going to happen. A winner. I, I think, I think this, I think this whole thing worked out literally as perfectly as the Cowboys could have hoped for Cooper Rush won four out of five games. Not only that, but Dak is coming back against a Detroit Lions team at home instead of a Philadelphia team on the road. I think this whole injury situation worked out as as perfectly as you could hope for. Oh, absolutely. House money. Well, you could have won. You could have won. You could have won tonight. You could have won. But pretty much house money coming into it. And it's, it always sucks when you're down twenty to three at halftime. I mean, there's no, there's no denying that, and and the ugly things that could have avoided that with just some questionable decisions and the Dante Fowler penalty that we'll we'll always remember forever. Like when, yeah, the way, when I will say this, I don't know <laughs> if you guys got this sense at home, but being in the stadium, you could just tell when the Cowboys started coming back and cut it to twenty seventeen. There was such a nervous energy because of the fact that. Just the way the Eagles have played this year, where you know they've they've gotten out to big leads, played really well in the first half, allowed teams to kind of close the gap, and they're just it wasn't as boisterous as it was in the first half. There was certainly some nerves, like, oh boy, are we going to really do this? Is this how we're going to lose this game? And hey, props to the Eagles for answering right back and coming down the field the way that they did, and and that's the drive that decided the game because if they don't, and let's say they go three and out there, man, I think we're they talking would- about a different story. Instead of three and out, they chose to go 15 plays, 75 yards, seven and a half minutes. Yeah. I mean, props. Tip your hat. It's pretty nice. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys had some drives like that, too. You know? Yeah. I mean, mean, there were some some moments backed backed into their own end zone where I was like, well, this is probably going to be the end here. And then all of a sudden, they start railing, and you're like, okay, maybe they're not done. What a great game. The Cowboys drive before that was 18 plays, 93 yards. Right. So yeah. they, they answered that with and, fifteen and, and you know it's another minutes. thing that's probably the, the deciding factor outside of the turnovers is just there just weren't enough big plays through the air. You know, you knew that for the Cowboys to score, it was gonna have to be these long drives. They just weren't hitting any huge chunk plays that, you know, could potentially take something to the house and all of a sudden just change the momentum. You know, uh this would have been the type of game where if you could have just you could have had a Trayvon Diggs pick six or something like that, like a huge momentum shifting play. Uh, and maybe not even a pick six, maybe just an interception there in the fourth quarter. And, and, and let's say the turnover battle ends up three to one. Maybe that's enough to swing it. But it's just hard for you to look at the box score and see three t- takeaways to zero and think that you're going to win against another good team in their building. Yeah, real quick. One play that I think was just, you know, uh, really just and it builds off of what John was just talking about. You want that big play. CD Lamb wide open. Cooper Rush gets hit. And, and, and it turns and, and it looked like CD could have had a touchdown if, you know, that ball is where it needs to be. Instead, it's an interception by Gardner Johnson, the diving interception that he had. 
um, where Cooper Rush was also looking for a rough in the passer but didn't get it. Um, you know, that's the kind of big chunk play that that you just needed to have. That could have been like a whatever that was, like a 60-yard, 70-yard touchdown or something like that. Um, but, you know, it, it was a short ball and, and Gardner Johnson picked it off. But I think that was the kind of play that they really needed in that situation. Well, look, we're going to jump back into this thing a little bit later in the week. We will have a little more clear clear picture on uh, Dak as we get ready for Lions week, John. Oh, man, this ought to be fun. Cowboys-Lions, <laughs> not on Thanksgiving. This is going to be great. Uh, so uh, we'll get to that. Cowboys lose, but um, got to be impressed with Cooper Rush and what he's done to keep them afloat and the team keeping themselves afloat and all that stuff, just a big contrast to how we felt when we were doing the late-night podcast after week one. Cowboys 4-2, and two, Detroit Lions next week. We're going to catch up with you next week for Saad Youssef and those 2-0 Dallas Stars. Keep following Saad for all the hockey stuff. Uh, got a game uh, Monday night against Winnipeg, so Saad will have you covered there. For Father John Mashoda, who's live at Philly, going to go over to Patty's Pub tonight, John. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Nah, I'm gonna go right. I'm gonna go right now, and uh, and it's funny because now that we are about to end this, all the police cars are gone, and there's no sirens. So <laughs> sorry to every sorry everybody had to deal with that. No, no, be careful out there though. I feel like yeah, uh, it's just I never trust Philly, you know. Um, and for our producer Kent Garrison, thank you, Kent. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we'll see you later in the week uh, on about them Cowboys. That's how we'll end it this time. Be safe, John. I'll see you, boys. You think football is still fun?